This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables, where we share original short fiction stories about produce and its connection to people, culture, and more. The original farmer's market in Los Angeles has a constant buzz of people the week of Thanksgiving. Kids on holiday accompany their parents to prepare for the upcoming feast. Last-minute visitors prompt a return trip to the market for additional items. Vacationers come for the food stand holiday specials, like sweet potato casserole with marshmallow, traditional stuffing, roasted Brussels sprouts with bacon and balsamic, and Dimitri's own recipe for cranberry tarts. Dimitri loves helping market-goers prepare for their Thanksgiving feasts. He'll walk anyone who's interested through the market, like a personal tour guide, pointing out unique squash cultivars, helping select the freshest green beans, and suggesting unique recipes for root vegetables, and special preparations to outshine the standard mashed potato. And of course, he lets them sample his fresh cranberry tarts. Cranberries are very special. Dimitri said as he made his way to the community tables, with a few cranberry tarts and a large jar of his homemade cranberry applesauce. He set them down on the table and returned to the counter of the pie shop to retrieve a small ceramic bowl with faded Japanese calligraphy inscriptions, an heirloom that belonged to his great-grandfather, that was filled with a handful of fresh cranberries. And their history truly shines this time of year, even though it dates back much before the first Thanksgiving. So much is contained inside this little shell, he said as he handed out single berries to each individual sitting and standing at the table. These float, did you know? There are small pockets of air inside the fresh fruit that cause them to be buoyant. That's how water harvesting works, flooding the cranberry bogs and scooping the floating fruit from the surface. But I think it's more than that. Dimitri stopped and held a cranberry to his ear. I think that the air inside is really the breath of our ancestors, filling the fruit with their words, their stories. He shook the berry by his ear like a little bell, and then did so next to the ear of one of the kids sitting at the table. Do you hear it? Dimitri smiled, and the kids all giggled. What's it saying? One of the kids asked. Dimitri smiled again and quietly took a seat at the table. He took a few bites of a cranberry tart, accompanied by a single scoop of cran applesauce. As usual, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. There once was a young boy who lived in Massachusetts with his grandfather. Their family owned a cranberry farm, the bog said to be more than a hundred years old. During the harvest season, the grandfather would pull the boy out of school, to help his uncles and cousins collect the cranberries and sell them at local markets. The boy wore his father's old waders, which were far too large and came up further than his chest, almost to his neck. He had to use a belt to keep them from ballooning open and drooping down. But he didn't mind. He felt like his father was still there with him whenever he wore them. The cousins would race through the flooded bogs until their uncles yelled, 
all right, enough, enough, and made them get back to work. Sometimes they'd play Moses as they waded through the Red Sea of Berries, parting it as they passed. Their grandfather watched with a smile from the back porch of the small red farmhouse at the north end of the bog. Only the boy and his older cousin were allowed to venture to the markets. His older cousin would drive him into the city and drop him off at the first farmer's market. He could walk from there to the next two, while his cousin drove to the markets farther out, before returning to pick him up late in the afternoon. The boy had a large vending tray with a strap that looped around his neck to help him carry several abundant baskets of fresh, glistening red cranberries. He'd walk up and down the market stalls, calling out fun facts about the fruit that he learned from his grandfather. Cranberries! Get your cranberries! Shop local and get the superfruit native to North America! Can't get more local than that! It was during those days of harvest that the boy's grandfather would tell him tales about the cranberry, about their family, and about their country. The grandfather was a quiet man, but something about the harvest season brought back memories and stories, as if the words were stored in the fruit itself. It was the boy's favorite time of year. The week leading up to Thanksgiving was always their busiest. The boy would come home so tired, but would force himself to stay awake for his grandfather's stories— which were as abundant as their crops this time of year. Sleep, my boy, you need your rest, Grandfather said, standing to leave the boy's bedroom. You promise, Grandpa, I'll sleep better with a story. All right, there is a story I've yet to tell you, about where cranberries came from. They're native to North America, like the blueberry and the Concord grape, the boy stated proudly. Ah, you listen better than your father did, the grandfather winked as he ruffled the boy's hair and sat down again on the side of the bed. I'm talking about a Native American legend. The Delaware tribe shared an oral story of how cranberries came to be on Mother Earth. In ancient times, the Great Spirit, the creator of this world, would appear to the people and offer counsel. The people understood the virtue of courage, truth, honesty, and generosity, and the Great Spirit cared for them dearly, as they were good and obedient. At that time, long, long ago, mighty beasts walked the earth, many that no longer do. One was called the Mastodon. Its hide was so tough and dense that even the sharpest spears could hardly penetrate it. One day, the Mastodons waged war against all the other animals. Those animals joined together to rise against the Mastodons in a great battle, believed to have taken place in the Ohio River Valley, west of the Allegheny Mountains. The boy was smiling, already dozing off, so his grandfather placed his hand on the boy's cheek and whispered, More tomorrow. The next day, the boy called out as he walked through the farmer's markets, Cranberries! Get your cranberries with a capital C, as in vitamin C! Some people bought the berries from the boy just to hear more of his fun facts. Did you know that American sailors would bring cranberries with them to prevent scurvy? Yeah, they thought that salt was causing scurvy, and that sour things would take the salt out of their body. Oh, even though they had the wrong reason, there was something to it, because these sour things... He picked up a cranberry and rolled it in his fingers. They have a lot of vitamin C, which is what really helped against the disease, just like limes. He popped the berry in his mouth and made a silly, sour face. That night, his grandfather continued the story. The great spirit told the people that they were also to take part in the battle, and they did. Even the legendary great bear came to fight alongside the people and the other animals. 
The great spirit sat upon a rock on top of the Allegheny Mountains to watch. The fighting was fierce and tragic. Great numbers of the Macedons came, matched by greater numbers still of the other animals. Sadly, the great bear was seriously wounded. The Ohio River Valley filled with the blood of all the fighting animals. Slowly, though, the battlefield turned into a vast bog. The large, heavy Macedons sank into the swamp and were drowned. According to legend, this land, which is modern-day Kentucky, became known as the Dark and Bloody Ground. In time, it turned into a common hunting ground for various Native American tribes. But no one wanted to establish a village there, out of fear of the ghosts of the slain giant beasts. Again, the tired boy couldn't fight his heavy eyelids for long and fell deep asleep. His grandfather brushed the boy's hair from his forehead with the back of his palm and whispered, We'll finish tomorrow. The next day, the boy called out as he walked through the farmer's markets. Cranberries! Get your cranberries! It's a food! It's a medicine! It's a cranberry! Did you know Native Americans would grind up cranberries into a paste to fight wound infections? What it did was sort of form a barrier so that the skin and wound could heal underneath. Plus, my grandfather says cranberries have something in them that prevents common bacteria from growing. I'm sure that helped, too. It's like Superman in a fruit. The boy picked up a berry and flew it around his tray, whistling a heroic tune. That night, his grandfather continued the story. As the battle continued and more and more animals were killed, the great spirit became very angry and hurled lightning down from atop the mountain until all of the mastodons were destroyed, except for one very large male who used his tusks to deflect the bolts of lightning. This final mastodon continued his path of destruction, taking out many of the other animals in his rage, until at last he was badly wounded and fled across the Ohio River, traveled up the Mississippi, swam through the Great Lakes, and disappeared into the northern lands, groaning in pain. It is said that the evil spirit of this animal still roams the Northland to this day. The Great Spirit gave mankind the cranberry as a gift to grow in the bogs where the great battle was fought and be used as food. The cranberry's coat, the color of blood, in remembrance of that day and that fight that took place so long, long ago. Whoa, is that what you believe, Grandpa? I believe that every berry, every fruit, every vegetable is a very special gift. The next day, the day before Thanksgiving, the boy called out as he walked through the farmer's markets. Cranberries, get your cranberries, a gift to you from Mother Earth. I'm just the humble messenger. He handed a single cranberry to every person who passed free of charge. Cranberries are a symbol of Earth's abundance and a symbol of peace. My grandfather says that in the Victorian language of flowers, the cranberry blossom signifies that the receiver extends kindness to the giver. He says it's no wonder cranberries make the Thanksgiving meal complete. On Thanksgiving Day, the boy sat around the dining table with his aunts, uncles, cousins, and grandfather, who sat to his left. They passed around his aunt's special cranberry sauce, almost on an ongoing circuit, as they helped themselves to multiple servings. Grandfather stood slowly, tapping the side of his glass with a knife. My family, we put our stories into these berries, preserved inside them alongside history and knowledge. So much in such a little fruit. A big gift in a small package, the boy added. Exactly, Grandfather smiled. 
Be thankful for what this world gives you. Even if it seems small, there may be more to it than meets the eye. Or the ear. Grandfather held the small berry up to the side of his head and shook it by his ear like a little bell, then did the same to the boy. Do you hear that? The grandfather asked the boy. The boy smiled shyly and shook his head no. It says one day this cranberry farm will be yours. Each year's harvest a gift from Mother Earth to you for showing her kindness and doing so courageously, honorably, and generously. Grandfather extended his hand in front of the boy, the cranberry glistening red like a gem on his open palm. The boy looked up to his grandfather, who smiled down on him with tears in his eyes. The boy smiled back, then reached forward and collected the cranberry from his grandfather's hand. The End Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce App on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>